0: Warning: The following podcast contains Lucifer, Satan, Beelzebub, Shaitan, Agramanu, the first of the fallen, Old Scratch, and of course Jack Black. A martini shaken not.
1: Shocking. Positively shocking. <laughs> oh. oh, you're the devil. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Correct. Welcome to Shake and Not Nerd Presents Films and Legends. This is a very special episode which required me, the spicy Tim, to actually read beyond the headline of a news article for once. <laughs> but let's be honest, it wasn't really me. My magnificent co-host is the one who did majority of the work in reading. And that co-host is, of course, the lovely lady whose voice you heard during the warning, Siobhan. Welcome, Siobhan hello how are you
0: i'm good i'm excited to finally do this
2: yes i think we did actually tease on an episode maybe a month and a half ago or maybe a month ago
0: yeah but life you know you know it's 2020 the ball's rolling everything you're busy 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 everything's going off exactly we haven't just been living in the same two rooms we've got (laughs) stuff to do
2: Yes, it's not like we've had to move extraordinarily far to actually record this. Before. Oh, it's, a,
0: it's been a big travel to get to the studio, <laughs> aka 12 steps from our bed.
2: It has been a bit of an effort to try and actually set it up to record the two audio tracks through the computer, but it looks like we're going good. We'll see once we listen to the recording. Hopefully, it sounds good for the people. Well, if you're
0: listening to this firmly, well, it's it went okay. <laughs> or otherwise, it, we, we scrapped it. The whole idea's finished.
2: It's all done yeah in fact you won't even be listening to it or well, maybe you will maybe we'll just keep this bit maybe I'll add this bit to the end of one of our normal episodes and then people can be like what the hell's going on
0: my brain hurts this is too medical our brains are already nine, 10 o'clock at, on a Saturday evening come on <laughs> come on now
2: <laughs> all right so this episode will be the first and hopefully not the last of our new films and legends series in this series we'll be looking at the historical and literary Literary And I'm staying on brand With my ability not to read uh, (laughs) Origins of famous characters Uh, So we'll be exploring the changes Types and versions Of how they've been portrayed Over time And then compare them To their modern pop culture Interpretations and counterparts So now that you listeners Have some delicious context Siobhan, why don't you tell the people What they're going to hear about today And share some details About how we're going to do it
0: Okay, sure I will preface this episode by saying we will be approaching various different religions, some of which are still practicing and very much followed. Uh, but we'll try our best to approach these belief systems with the same amount of respect and reverence, which is none. No, I'm joking. Uh, but w- whether that's Greek mythology or Christianity, you know, we're going to be talking about them. So we're just a couple of doomed souls, you know, making the best of our time, for our souls burn for all eternity in Hades. Until Ragnarok, you know, all that good stuff. As you do, of course. Yeah, okay, but back to the actual structure. So most religions and cultures uh, have some figure, um, represents like the antithesis to God, his counterpart, as you said before. So today we'll be looking at Lucifer, Satan, the devil, as I said at the start, and how he goes in historical and literary fashions, how he kind of goes from being, you know, the arch nemesis in this dark... Overpower Lord than this kind of like angsty dark misunderstood fallen hero. So hot. So hot. Angst is hot. Yummy. I love angst. Mm. Mm, angsty. <laughs> Gross. All right, so there are three types of Satan, like the Satan story, and we're going to give them names because I think it'll get very confusing. Mm-hmm. We're going to Jeff, George, this. and John. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. All right, great. We're done. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's it. Podcast episode. over. Thank you. Bye. So first of all, it's like Satan. His name, so that's the like antithesis to god, you know, where two figures of primordial or in like a never-ending primordial battle for the souls of humankind, you know, very much this kind of duality between good versus evil. And then the second one, which is my personal favorite, which is sexy Satan.
2: Ah, you're going with sexy Satan?
0: Yeah, well, sexy Satan with daddy issues. I know, I'm sorry. You told me not to say that, but it's
2: I told him not to say that. However, I'm glad we made progress because originally you were saying that you wanted to refer to this one as Lucifer. Okay, or or Sexy Satan, but I demanded that it always be Sexy Satan. And from now on, we will always sing Sexy Satan! (sighs) Yeah.
0: Okay, let's call him Lucifer. Sex! (laughs) Um, So he's like the fallen angel type. So he revolts, he vaulted against heaven, you know, and then he was cast out. The third, we're just going to call him the devil it's kind of ambiguous. And this is more of like this kind of mischief-making devil, you know, making foul deals with humans. And it's almost a comedic fashion. And like, you know, you see him sporting horns and furry breeches and has a pitchfork or whatnot. But it's kind of used in a way that like the humans that come across him, the audience has an idea that he they humans could potentially overcome him. Mm. Whereas the first Satan that we talk about He's this, you know, almost equally with this powerful and omnipotent to, to this God with a creator power. In saying that, these three heroes, these three figures Satan, sexy Satan, I'm going to call him Six Lucifer. That's too confusing. Satan, Lucifer, and then the devil. Shut up, Thomas. Uh, <laughs> so these three types, you know, we see them throughout history a lot as well, especially in the Christian world, obviously. That's where we come from, I suppose. So, number one's, number one, Satan. So we see in that kind of the witch-hunting, God-fearing Middle Ages uh, where the devil is like this terrifying entity that wants to turn humans, poor humans, against God. And then in the revolutionary kind of like Age of Enlightenment, in like the 1700s, 1600s, 1700s, that's when you see works like Paradise Lost by um, uh, John Milton, which is where you kind of see the first kind of iteration of the sexy Satan Lucifer, fallen angel, stop dancing, it's... (laughs) Audience, if you could see this, you'd be vomiting. So it tells a story. So it's like this rebel against heaven, against like a tyrannical god. And like society's relationship with Satan, it seems to be like a revolving cycle of of like fear and then like admiration to like a rebellious uh, hero. And so you see that into the 20th century with a counterculture of the 60s where you see like Anton LaVey's The Church of Satan, which is what I think a lot of people would be... They would know about. That's mm. it's, it's They say, like, oh, the church, they're not actually worshipping Satan. They're worshipping the idea of rebelling. It's kind of libertarianism. And then after that, you have this kind of reactionary satanic panic of, like, the 80s and
2: 90s. I guess in the words of what's going to Be," probably be our only sound effect besides the intro today, what did you, would you say? I don't know. Satan's pretty cool.
0: Hail Satan. <laughs> Hail Satan, y'all.
2: So, yes, we uh, did forget to say that at the start. So... Siobhan and I do come from various backgrounds. Siobhan is more literature. I am more film. Uh, Well, I studied
0: literature and history in uh, university. Correct. Maybe I done that down a little. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. But I tend to go on. And get a bit more si- technical.
2: Siobhan very much gets into her literature and enjoys talking about it, and you can feel the passion behind it. But, but you can also avoid hear the boredom with everyone else. to avoid getting onto any tangents, the, the, <laughs> I, she has given me the power of this sound effect. <laughs> Satan's pretty cool. Which is our move-along point. <laughs> so maybe you won't hear it. You may not hear it. I'm guessing. We may say tweet.
0: I don't think it's going to be that tweet.
2: It's not going to be that tweet. Toy-
0: no, no, it will, no. I'm going to be really good. I promise you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you tell them more. <laughs> me, may, may
2: tell them more. On to me. Okay. You say words. Say, say more. Say more. less. <laughs> uh, I forgot what's that from. I say, have
0: no idea. Say no. less.
2: Say more. So, to explore these representations of the devil, we'll be starting with. A film or TV series and discussing how that character is portrayed in them, uh, so that more modern media, and then we'll link it back to the original literature and stories that have given us those characters. For the sake of that, we have decided to go with three, count them, three characterizations of it's Satan. Tight three. Hmm? wait three. Tight three. Tight three. We have Satan in, or actually... I think he's no, referred to so. as Lucifer or is he Satan? Satan.
0: I am DB, which I think is IMDb. has um, him as Satan. Has right. him as Satan.
2: All right, my notes are correct then. So, Satan in 2005's Constantine portrayed by Peter Stormare, Stormare rather. Lucifer in the 2016 to present TV series, Lucifer, portrayed by Tom Alice, and The Devil in 2006, Tenacious D and The Pick of Destiny, portrayed by Dave Grohl in his demon form and Paul Tompkins in his human form. So with that said, we can kick off into our first one, which is, of course, Constantine. So, this film is based off the Hellblazer comic book series, originally released back in 1988. Although using the Constantine name and sharing elements from the comic book, this portrayal of Satan is very different from his comic book counterpart. Seen as Hellblazer, Hellblazer, and uh, Hellblazer. Hellblazer. Hellblazer, you don't call anymore, you don't write. (laughs) Remember what we said about being sensitive? Apparently... (laughs) we're not
0: it's gone right out the door straight away <laughs> so why, why would it say uh, hellblazer
2: all right yeah no no No. we're back here seeing as Blazer and uh a second entry to explore are both based in the same comic book user universe it is no surprise to say that lucifer from the tv show is not lucifer in constantine rather the comic book's took a different approach and had a character known as the first of the fallen who actually took that position in the constantine world with that in mind we will actually be focusing more on the film and won't really be able to lean back onto the actual comic book universe to explore what this character is like the film itself follows the story of demon hunter john constantine on his mission to rid the world of half-bred demons that break the rules of the cold war that's been fought between heaven and hell. Metal. Metal. The rules are simple only influence don't act. The primordial beings with the most souls in the piggy bank at the end of the day wins. The story really kicks into gear when otherworldly beings outside the knowledge of God and Lucifer decide they want to play their own game. In the film, Lucifer was one of the archangels of God who rebelled against him, taking with him one third of the angels into hell to become demons. He is portrayed as being pa- more powerful than his son and the other demons. He is shown as a tattooed in a white suit with tar-covered feet. And the portrayal by a Peter Stormare was actually critically acclaimed, and rightfully so, because I think he did a phenomenal job. And this is actually probably my favourite media representation of Lucifer.
0: Yeah?
2: I would say it. He's pretty damn good. Yeah. And they're actually considering doing a second film.
0: Yeah, I heard I that last week. Or something you were saying about. So keen! It sound, I'm so excited. So keen. I only saw this film maybe the last year or the, maybe this year. I can't remember when it was. Mm. Who knows? This year has been so short but so unbelievably long at the same time. <laughs> um, but it's so good. I really liked it. It is. Um, but I love this idea of this like cold war between God and Satan. I think it's a really cool, like that part where he says. I, I think it's Constantine says, like, "What if I told you that God and the devil made a wager, a kind of standing bet for the souls of all mankind?" And I wrote that down because I was like, oh, "That's wicked," because it also reminds me of in the Old Testament, the Christian Bible, in uh, the book of Job, so one sixteen. Don't put the but- Don't press the button yet. I promise I won't read it. Don't press the button. No, so uh, basically, ready. All, <laughs> shut up. all of the angels get together. It's a little divine party. And um, the so scripture actually reads, so they appear before the Lord and Satan is among them. He, he asks God about his so-called loyal worshiper, Job. So it's like, you know, Job is so amazing. God's saying this. He's so amazing. He loves me. He's my biggest fan. He's so loyal. And Satan's like, well, like, he's got a pretty good life. Would he worship you if he had nothing? If he got nothing out of you, come on. And God basically is like, all right, you can test him. But don't, like, don't hurt him, okay? Mm. Just don't hurt him. So Satan goes down and he's, like, goes down. I think he steals his sheep or something and he comes back. And God's like, he still worships me. It's fine. He's like, well, if you if he was in pain, he probably wouldn't, like where should be so with God's, like, test him again, but just don't hurt him. Well, no, you can hurt him, just don't kill him, right? And so Lucifer goes down and, like, beats the shit out of him and returns, and he's like, he still loves me. This guy still loves me. So it's that kind of idea of, like, testing, which is really cool. And you yeah. see it as well in the Quran. Um, so in the Quran, I, th- I believe it's he, uh, Satan, his kind of representation is called uh, sh- Shaitan, which is, just sounds cooler, Shaitan. Satan. Satan. It sounds like you've got a list or something. <laughs>
2: no, you just went sounds cooler, and I was like, no, it doesn't. It sounds like someone Satan with a well, the story... with a speech impediment.
0: Well, look. To be honest with you, I could be completely getting that wrong, so I apologise if I am. But that's what the YouTube channel told me. But Satan. But before that, his name was um, Iblis. 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 Um, again, I am not Arabic. I don't speak Arabic. I don't know, so I could be getting these wrong. So don't make fun of me, Tomans. I'm trying my goddamn best here.
2: Fun will be made.
0: Well, look, so basically the story goes very much similar in that kind of testing idea where all the angels get together and Allah says, like, here's, a, here's this guy, Adam. He's a human. Cool guy. Yeah? I made him. My image. All right, everyone bow down to him. And everyone bows down to him, but uh, um, Iblis. Iblis. I don't know, whatever his name is. So basically, he everyone bows down to him, and God's like, Iblis, why aren't you bowing down? Well, sorry, Allah said, so saying, why aren't you bowing down? And uh, it was it's like, well, I'm better than him. You made me out of fire, and you just made this fucker out of clay. He's he's weak, bro. I'm
2: going to say, <laughs> the fire thing, bit cooler than the clay thing. Right? So I, um, I'm on I'm his all, side. I'm all about the fire thing.
0: <laughs> well, so basically, he's like, Allah casts him out. So he's like, for his. Act of pride, and some people in some versions of it they say, like, this is his, this is the first time anyone's done anything wrong. And so, they, he sends Adam to paradise and he casts um, Iblis out. Hmm. Um, basically, he so says, like, you can't, you know, your act of pride in such divine comedy, in uh, such divine comedy, divide company, it's just so wrong. So, cast out. So, Iblis even says, like, well, you know, you made me. You wanted me to bow down to him, but you maybe you you set this whole thing up. So I'm going to get you back. I'm going to wait for the humans, and I'm going to tempt them from Allah's path. And Allah says to him, "You know, I know about this because I'm all seeing, I'm all knowing. So you, whoever follows you, that's fine. I'm going to actually, you know, I'll send them, I'll send all of you guys to hell." So it's that idea again of like this testingness, and it's almost like. Seeing Constantine in this bargain, this Cold War—it's almost if if you know the scriptures behind it, it's kind of like this is like the sequel, like to what actually happens. Mm. But even outside um, embryonic mythology, so you know, Christian, Judaism, and uh, uh, Islam. uh, So there's what could arguably be called the origin of this kind of Satan uh, dualistic cosmology, where like, which means that like two. Equally powerful entities, Gordon Satan, at the top of the food chain. So like light versus dark, and God v Satan, Batman versus Superman.
2: What? How's it, Batman versus Superman? I don't
0: know. I just <laughs> thought it would. I'm just uh, appeasing your nerdy crowd. Is that? Do you guys like it? Cool. That one, that one's for you, Duty.
2: To be honest, you you upset me, so you probably upset them. They're okay. all enraged. Sorry. Hide. Duty liked it. Pitch, pitch
0: Duty liked it.
2: Duty, did you like it? Did you like
0: it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That was me, anyway. So, um, this the oldest known version is which is the oldest continuously practiced religion, which is Zoroastrianism. Zoro Zoroastrianism. It's a bloody mouthful, but this um, this uh, religion is, is like as old as pyramids of Giza. So it's but they mm. they know the I think the it's around the earliest known kind of writing dads of people knowing that they were practicing it was around two thousand BCE. That was around the time the pyramids of Giza were being built, but mostly around Aksiria. Yep. So they have Azru Mazda, which is goodness and light and wisdom and order, and then his counterpart, which is Angramanu, darkness and chaos. And he basically serves as the counterpart, the polar opposite of Mazda. And I think basically the whole idea is that Mazda created the physical world and Angramanu messes with it. And I don't know what it says about me
2: as a person. It says to be the person messing yeah. with Yeah,
0: what is it about us that we're like, I know that that's the bad guy and he's trying to mess with everything, but I want to be with that dude. He seems like he could party.
2: I don't want to be with that dude. I want to be that dude.
0: Oh, like, yeah, that's true. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you'd be lying to say if you never built a house in the Sims, built a swimming pool, put, it, put one of your poor helpless in Sims in there and there and removed the, uh, the ladder.
0: Yeah, I definitely we're got bored done. a few times and like removed all the smoke detectors.
2: Yeah, yeah, under and 10%.
0: And then the
2: uh, I remember a while ago the person on Reddit who had a paint gremlin. Uh, oh. and did you hear about that one?
0: No, tell so, me more. So,
2: so, so he built a basement, put one person into the basement, had a family living upstairs, and essentially there was no way to get into the basement, mm. and just had a person who sat in the basement all day, every day, painting, and doing oh, nothing gosh. but working on their painting skill. And this person used to sell like multiple thousand dollar paintings from the basement and fund the lifestyles of the people living in the house. They made they made a painting slave in the Sims. That's
0: like genius.
2: <laughs> I, th- wow. I think I think if anything, the, uh, the the Sims has proven there's a little bit of messing with uh, things and evil in all of us.
0: Oh, absolutely. We're all we're all angry Manu in the end of days. Do you know what I mean? 100%. But, like, it's interesting, like, if you think about, like, that, how Judaism was definitely within, like, history where they were um, interacting with those two cultures, were interacting. It's almost like, you know, the our old sources for Lucifer, Satan, well, they, those sources had all the sources that they were taking it from. Mm. Like, in, in 4,000 years, are people going to be looking at Batman in the same light? No, actually, we won't be around, will we? It's getting hot in here. <laughs> I made myself sad. <laughs> oh!
2: Yeah, it's no, it, it is very interesting to look at that. And I guess just to build on that as well, I uh, did have a couple other things just about the character in general. So as we do have here that uh, Lucifer, the actual portrayal of him is his power. Satan.
0: Say Satan because otherwise it's going to get too confusing. I...
2: Kay. Okay. Okay. Satan. Uh, yeah, Satan is shown as all-powerful, cheeky, and cunning. The very presence of the character on the screen demands attention and gives the audience a feeling of tension. And it's probably the portrayal tension of... Tension tension.
0: What? I'm just making fun with words, never mind.
2: <laughs> Make- making fun with words. Yeah. Welcome to Waking Fun With Words. As he play, well as he plays his game with Constantine and going to reap his reward, Constantine's soul, he whistles, bears his teeth and taunts. The character is shown as the negotiator first bargaining with God for the fate of mankind, as made evident from that line that you said before and sort of what we've been speaking about. and secondly with his willingness to bargain with Constantine. Uh, once he's actually told about the reason why Constantine committed suicide. So this characterization is very much the bargainer, yeah. which very much links into what you were doing. And we can see it if we do actually a comparison between the way that we actually see the character in this film compared to the character in the next two ones that we have to say that he is like the good and evil, the yin and yang, the... um complete reverse side is that you can tell from his betrayal his ability to come in take constantine back from being lifted up into heaven spoilers is that he does have that sort of power back he has a push and pull sort of relationship with god that you can very much see and he just has a strength in character which we don't necessarily see in the other two
0: yeah for sure like you don't i don't think that tenacious d would be able to rock the socks off this Satan
2: no I don't don't think so indeed not (laughs) for sure Uh, was there more for that one that you wanted to add my dear or are we moving on to the next
0: one I think that pretty much covers it
2: alright so that is our first portrayal moving right along to our second one We have Lucifer, the TV series, which has been running since 2016, and I believe is still going and planned to finish at the end of its fifth season. Like Constantine, this version of Lucifer originated from the pages of a comic book, with him first appearing in an issue of The Sandman, Volume 2 from 1989, which is a year after Constantine.
0: That's Neil Gaiman, isn't it?
2: That is the one. Look at me. That is correct. I know a thing. <laughs> uh, This characterization, oh well, the characterization in the early pages of the comic book shows Lucifer, uh, well, a Lucifer who cares only for himself and not much for those around him. Whereas in the show, he is shown as more caring and even growing to actually love those around him so there is a bit of a difference in the characterizations that we see between the tv show and the comic uh, unlike the constantine portrayal this version of the character is not in a wager with god for the souls of humanity rather he is a smoking joking a blues loving sex pest who doesn't understand why humans blame him for all their woes
0: oh sounds delightful
2: <laughs> Mm-mm. Well at least that that's how it is in the in the earlier part. The series actually starts with the line in the beginning Lucifer was cast out of heaven to rule hell for all eternity until he decided to take a vacation and proceeds us to and proceeds to tell us the main motivations of the character through his interactions with the mortals around him. He is powerful, but not all-powerful. The show has a Lucifer who is immortal, has superhuman strength, can manipulate those around him, and shows brief moments of telekinesis. So there's parts in the actual show where he levitates or moves around a coin that he travels around with. A coin that actually, interestingly enough, has a, a goat's, the goat's head on it, a pentagram, and then on the mm. other side actually has a, um, a, a crucifix on it. Overall... He is meant to appear as handsome, sexy, and charming Satan, who is more concerned with having a good time rather than fulfilling the role that God has bestowed upon him. Me and you
0: too, sister.
2: <laughs> Interestingly, the show takes an approach of humans having full free will and clearly states that God and the devil are not accountable for the actions of those on Earth. The title character... Also, is said to enjoy torturing people and also playing little games with them. So that is just a summary there of the some character some. that we see there. A Little something, something.
0: Lovely. Well, as I said before at the start of this, this kind of first idea of like the fall of, from Satan, or fall of Satan after this like heavenly war, you don't actually see a lot of it in the Bible. No. There are two. So, when Tom came to me, burst into the room and said, you want to do a podcast with me? Um, I got real excited. I didn't have much to do at that point. I wasn't working and I wasn't studying.
2: You were uber keen. You were more keen than I was expecting. To
0: be yeah. Honest with you. So, I went, got my trusty Bible, which I am not uh, spiritual in any sense. It's because I was a literature student, so I needed a Bible, because apparently we need that. But um, I did find at least two... Examples, which I think could potentially be this idea of this fall from grace, where people kind of get this idea from. Mm. Because otherwise it does not appear in the Christian Bible. The first was in uh, Isaiah, and it's the king of Babylon, bright morning star, you have fallen from heaven. Um, It's actually based on a Persian myth, um, of which um, demons appear heavily in all uh, well, uh, Babylonian myth actually but around that kind of Persian area so that's kind of like interest, interest in it. so that's the idea I, I think that's where they get this idea of as the bright morning star which Lucifer means so
2: and of course in the in the actual TV show he goes by Lucifer morning star
0: which is just morning star morning star actually in saying that i think there's some i read somewhere that on like a card or his like license it says Lucifer Samel morning star
2: Yes, I believe that so, is the case. So I
0: don't know if that's in the comic or in the TV show, but Samel is actually was another name that given. Well, it's a, it's a, one of the angels. Mm. Um, and I believe Samel was the poison of God or something or like something like that. And it's the kind of like again, it goes into this idea of like uh, toxic testing kind of thing. Unless, but it also kind of seems like the like the the tool of God. It's because the idea or backstory of Satan being kind of not the bad guy, but God's or Allah's or whoever's Yahweh's kind of right hand man. He's doing the, you know the dirty work for him. Mm. But another one in the Bible where it shows this fallen angel idea is in Ezekiel, and it's again it's a different king. So it's this idea of like these lower king so it's not an angel or a a heavenly being it's a king so it's kind of putting them on the same basis of power level I'm kind of going by like you know boss level where Satan was this duality of of God and and Satan and now that he's gone back down again he's he's human level power so uh, king of Tyr he says like you know you were once the example of perfection I think a lot of people go by this idea of you know Satan was the or Lucifer was you know the most perfect angel.
2: Well, you see, you, you can see it in some portrayals of it, or some um, portraits or whatever yeah, that you've seen in the Satan. past that has, yeah, it has him being the most beautiful and the most perfect and yeah. the most pristine of all of the angels.
0: It kind of reminds me of Melkor in The Cimmerian. Mm. Here's your oh, daily dose. Oh, we're getting real, we're deep. getting in uh-huh. there. Uh-huh. Don't press the button. But, you know, in the Melkor, he's kind of like, he's supposed to be like the best and, um, in the start, in the first chapter um, of Simerillion, he, uh, their god figure creates all the, the ardor. And um, uh, he makes them all play music. It's got like, the music of yeah, um, um, play. Uh, play. Play, play, play. Play. Play for us. Play, play for something. So, and then, you know, it's supposed to be the chorus and then Melkor, like, angsty teen, kind of like Lucifer, is like, fuck this I'll play my metal music. So he starts like playing like all this stuff and it's there's no proper tempo and it's it's going out and everyone's like, Melkor, what are you doing, man? He's like, just playing my music, you don't understand. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> just, so it's, that's just what I thought it wasn't in my notes. <laughs> so
2: so 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 you are you, saying that uh the, the, this version of Lucifer is an angsty teen?
0: Yeah, abso- yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's sexy Wait. Satan with daddy issues. He's like, no. Dad thinks that Adam and like the humans are the cool guys, or even Boris. Like he thinks like Jesus is the cool like new son. I used to be the good son. I'm going to rebel. That's well, you, exactly what Lucifer is. Well,
2: it's you even, fantastic. Well, you even see it in the um in the series in the in, in the first episode of it. They actually have one of the guys. Um, well, one of the other angels comes down specifically mm-hmm. to tell him Dad wants you back in hell and he just sort of be like and and he's like, you want to travel? He's like, and he goes I wanna, yeah. no mm, I'm
0: not gonna do that
2: I'm not gonna do that.
0: You can tell dad I said, fuck I said,
2: bitch
0: But anyway <laughs> I think we need a tandem, bo- tandem buzzer for both of us oh, oh, Maybe. Oh, oh, We haven't, we oh, haven't oh,
2: had oh. to use it yet Oh dear, it's not highlighted Satan's pretty
0: cool Yeah, that was useless. Cut that out, bitch. No, I'm not cutting it out. Okay, whatever. Okay, anyway. So basically, if you move from the scripture part of this idea of fallen angel Lucifer, I think what people would mostly see is uh, John Milton's Paradise Lost, which was written in 1674. Very long poem. It's fantastic. I think the best lines in it. Well, it, it basically starts just as Satan and all of his angels after the Holy War have been cast out of heaven. Yep. Um, and Satan's on the ground going like, ow, that hurt. Owie. He's like, Beelzebub, that's his right-hand man. He's like, you cool, dude? And he's like, oh, what happened? He's like, we lost, man. That's exactly, that's word for word. But if I was to, I mean, quote a little bit of it, there's a fantastic line in it, which every assignment that I've ever had to do on this, I always put it in there. Better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. And you see this idea of this kind of hero kind of, going against the tyranny and that's why I think Satan this idea of of the revolutionary comes up in these uh, times of great kind of cultural revolution uh, in in a lot of art after the French Revolution you see a lot of um, Byron comes in and he's doing a lot of things with those kind of dark heroes where you don't really like him he's supposed to be bad but you still kind of love him Mm. And he's seen as, like, you know, one of the guys, he's, uh, he, like, hey, you know, he believes in meritocracy. He's, another one is, is, like, you know, we have free choice, hath been achieved of merit. It's all about, you kind of can understand where he's coming from all the time throughout the whole poem. Whether or not Milton actually wanted you to see that is completely debatable. I've had many discussions on this. I definitely thought that's it what it was. I, I'm, I'm on team Lucy. <laughs> I told my teacher that and he was like, I think you're missing the point here, Siobhan. (laughs) I was like, no, I like him. So So it's again, it kind of, it's that shift again from like up on his high horse, up on this level of God tier to your fallen angel and kind of man of the people. And I think that's why people love him so much, this kind of fallen hero character. I mean, you can kind of see it with, I don't know, it's another pop culture reference of this kind of dark hero that we see.
2: Dark hero that we see, another pop culture reference. Wow, put me on the spot, why don't you? Sozies. Um, What, well, you mean who followed a similar journey, a fall from grace, as you will?
0: Yeah, but like, i trying to think of anyone.
2: I'm not sure. Sh- off the top of my head, and I'm sure that i Like,
0: I'll... the Joker, he's kind of anti he's kind of like anarchist. People still love him.
2: But I think people love him for being evil in its own right because it's the characterization and the interesting way and sort of the different ways that you've actually seen him um and whether that's Heath Ledger's portrayal or Mark Hamill's or the way that it's actually portrayed in the comic books I think it's it's a different thing but I wonder whether from what you're saying at the moment is because this certain one of Lucifer. I mean, in the show, charming, whatever, sort of, English, give him an English accent because he's meant to be charming, of course. I wonder if just that story does humanize him in a certain way, just because obviously failure or falling is something that is very much human. Yeah. And you have a God figure in most religions that is infallible. Well, essentially, like, well, if you if you look at our the, the, the some religions, you've got like the Pope who is infallible, and he's a human. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, so maybe it's just the fact that it's a just a character who, not necessarily in this portrayal, is evil, but it also is a humanized deity, in a way. Yeah. And I'm wondering whether that's sort of what links it to people.
0: Yeah, I wonder as well. Like, because you said it, the 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 character was created in. 89, wasn't it? So that's just like towards the end of the satanic panic. And I wonder if it's almost reactionary to that. I can oh. remember I was saying that like that's a rev- revolving door of fear to um, kind of he- making him a hero, idolizing this kind of. <laughs> Yeah, fallen hero.
2: I reckon reckon it would be. I I think that personally, if you actually look at comic books over the years, they are all mainly direct responses to whatever is going on in the world. Sure. um, I think interpretations of the way that comic books have portrayed, like it's what people, and you see it, in films as well, um, of course, is that it's what the circumstances people have needed to see or people have needed to read. So, if you had back in, like, World War eras, a lot of comic books sort of had all-American, all-fantastic, me, me, me sort of um, portrayals. And that's just because of that's what people were. They were Mm. patriotic. They were whatever which I think is why you see um, characters like, oh, despite the fact that I still love him and I know that other people do, characters like Superman, who were formed originally back in that sort of era, don't resonate with people as much.
0: Yeah, you seem to love the dark kind of grungy people.
2: Which is probably why Batman has standed the test of time, because Batman has very much adapted, because you don't see him There's running around in his, in his baby blues and... Uh, no. He's greys with his big yellow chest symbol anymore, do you? No.
0: On saying the idea of comic books and every and film and pop culture being reactionary, can I just send a message out to Hollywood? During 2020, I don't know why Michael Bay thought this was a good idea. We do not need, like, plague, dystopian films. What's going on? I've seen so many, like, trailers and... Um, Even like books are coming out now. It's like COVID has been around for blah, blah, blah. And we've been in lockdown for 20 years. We don't need that in our life right now. We need escapism. We don't need the dystopian novel that's actually happening now.
2: Specifically Michael Bay? Has he done something?
0: I thought Michael Bay was creating a film.
2: Is he? I don't know. I
0: swear to God, you guys spoke about this.
2: I'm I'm just going to say you're likening it to COVID and you're saying you don't need any more pandemic. I would just say across the board, we don't need any more Michael Bay.
0: That's true. I'm, also that.
2: I, I'm good, Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Yeah, I'm good for Michael Bay. Go Jay. away. The last thing we spoke about. Michael
0: Mike... Bay, go away. Put that <laughs> on a t-shirt.
2: Michael Bay, go away. Okay. <laughs> Were there any other bits, pieces, nibbles, little bits of uh, information, stories, anything else that you wanted to add into this one?
0: Well, I think the last thing I could say is um, in my studies of Dark Hero, there's a quote from... Um, Okay, don't put the button on me again. But there's a get away from it. Get the button, Rudy. There's a really great uh, academic called Stolen who was around in like the nineteen forties, and he was saying about the dark hero, like he's a grand romantic figure with a grievances, but not without compassion, with other virtues though thwarted and distorted, which I just think is a really lovely sentence. But I think that really say kind it of five wraps times up. first. I could not. I could hardly say it the first time. But I think it's a really lovely way of kind of, like, wrapping him up, this Lucifer character. Yeah. He's, he's flawed, but there is even though, you know, he's rugged and he might say awful things or he might torture people, he's still kind of compassionate. There's something about him you, you love. Hmm. So I think of all the characters so far, I love... You were saying that you preferred Constantine Satan. I probably prefer Lucifer.
2: Oh, okay. It's definitely a cheeky, different take. And a very different atmosphere than the previous one. So, with that said, let's go on to our last one.
0: Number three.
2: And that last one, but certainly not the least one, is The Devil as portrayed in Tenacious D and The Pick of Destiny. This may seem like an odd pick, and it is. But we wanted to watch it. Yeah, I think I just wanted to watch it. That's why we picked it. And you know what? It was worth it. Worth it. This film still holds up. It's still funny. And cock (laughs) push-ups. Our first introduction in this film to Satan uh, comes from Ben Stiller's character, who I completely forgot was in this movie, when he tells Tenacious D and the audience the story of the pick of destiny or the MacGuffin of this story. That's right. I can use fancy terms to missy. <laughs> so, for those of you playing at home, a MacGuffin is an object that is used to drive the plot forward. So, if you take, for example, in Avengers... It is the Tesseract. If you look at Indiana Jones, um, the Holy Grail, in the, uh-huh. uh, the third one, of course. Fid's gun. Hmm.
0: Tod. 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 Can't say it's the Russian guy's gun.
2: No, slightly different. Okay. That's a different technique. That's that's the that's the one where if you've got a gun on a wall in a shot, make sure it goes off. That's yeah. Different. Different. So that's more. That's more. If you allude to something, or if you have something in the shot, you better actually add consequence to it. Whereas a MacGuffin is an object that directly drives the, okay, plot. the, the entire one. plot. Is derived around this object. Yeah, and that's what. And either getting the object, saving the object, finding the object is oh. the entirety. <gasps> Look at me of, learning of the storyline.
0: I love to learn.
2: Yes, no, it's a good one. I I, I really enjoy it. Plus, MacGuffin is fun to MacGuffin say.
0: MacGuffin is a fun word to say. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Um, so, essentially, the story goes that the pick of destiny was Satan's tooth. It was created by a dark wizard as a gift to a blacksmith who saved the wizard's life from the great demon when he summoned it. And for those of you playing at home, it is demon, not demon, as I just <laughs> said.
0: I was, say, I was like, I think he said demon. <laughs> demon. said <laughs> <that a> Demon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, in this film, the devil is portrayed as horned and hooved, drawing into the Capri Centaurian or Goatman appearance of the Dark Lord. He is capable of hiding his appearance as the open mic host and is ultimately evil. The character is once again mischievous, although this time he aligns to a demon code, which we haven't seen in the other ones. He is heavy metal loving rocker who is ultimately a master on the drums and guitar and it does also of course help when uh, Dave Grohl is the person portraying the person the character rather which I
0: never ever would have thought until you told me that
2: well that's what I I was trying to work out because I've seen mixed things I've actually seen that Dave Grohl did the singing, did the the actual music musicians, but wasn't the person in the actual makeup. But then when I was trying to find the person, in the actual makeup, everything just says Dave Grohl. So I don't know what's correct, but Dave Grohl.
0: I reckon we could go with that one. Dave Grohl, it's pretty cool.
2: And then probably the last thing is just linking it back to the uh, Constantine version. He does want to rule the world, which he says through his song lyrics,
0: which are fantastic.
2: Well, that song is fantastic. And interestingly enough, like, because I did actually research that, because obviously, that we do have in the literature, we do have Beelzebub, mm-hmm. and the name of this song is Beelzebub. Mm-hmm. And it appears that Beelzebub is just a made up thing. Because... I've never heard of Beelzebub.
0: Huh? I've never heard of that. Beelzebub?
2: Yeah, Beelzebub.
0: I think that's just a play on words.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I wanted to see whether it actually linked to anything or whether Tenacious right. Day had just made it up because they go, hey, Antichrist, uh, Beelzebub," and it's obviously the name of the song is Beelzebos. Oh. Um, and I- Perhaps
0: that going back to, like, because I know in Anton LaVey's Church of Satan, mm. there are, like, I think four or five princes of hell. And, like, Lucifer is, like, pride. Satan is wrath. Manon is greed. I think Beelzebub might be gluttony, which I think could go well with that. Yeah. Um. I feel like I bring it down every time I'm like, well, actually, this has just been a whole episode of me going, well, actually.
2: Well, hey. <laughs> but Beelzebub, of course, does, does exist in that. And if you if you actually look back at the Constantine and... Uh, so the Hellblazer comic and the Lucifer comics is Beelzebub is also in those comics as, as well. a different entity. And so, well, they serve as um, so essentially the Lucifer character when he rules over Hell. There's a point in those continuities where there's three ruling members of Hell. Cool. Um, and it is Lucifer, uh, Beelzebub, and Azazel. Cool. And I think those are the three ones there, so that's in the same universe as well. So Beelzebub is there, and Beelzebub actually comes up a lot because I think we were watching Good Omens not that long ago, and Beelzebub is also in that.
0: It's just a fun word to say. It it's really like MacGuffin. is. MacGuffin, MacGuffin, Beelzebub. I
2: also, I also like the other the, the other demon lord Belial. Belial, I like as well. Uh,
0: yeah, Belial. Bel- I believe, but but uh. Belial in Belial, but there's... I can't... Pre- I don't quite pronounce it properly, but there there is a very similar sounding demon character in Judaism as well. Ah. Baal. I think his name is Baal. Balls. Balls. There's a lot of balls.
2: He's big and hairy. Big yeah. hairy balls.
0: Well, should I get into the backstory?
2: No, I want to keep talking about big hairy balls. You
0: want to keep talking about your big hairy balls? don't
2: <laughs> oh, mine specifically.
0: <laughs> but it's since you asked. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, this whole idea of, you know, making a bargain with the devil. Um, it's known as a Faustian bargain or a Faustian pact, and which comes from a German legend um, of a real guy called um, Johann Georg Faust. So that was around um, 1500 BCE. BC, uh, um, so he was a highly successful alchemist, astrologer, um, he's known. We have his um, his works written down. Um, you know, it was after the Gutenberg press, so we have his books. Um, and and he's German, so definitely was a lot of books I, going I'm around. I'm
2: going to say Faust gave that away. Yeah, yep,
0: yep. Faust gave that away. You sure? <laughs> so basically, this story actually originates um, as a smear campaign um, written by his competitors, which I think is just hilarious. But so the real Faust. The story goes that he died in an alchemist explosion. Mm. So for alchemy. Uh basically, it's, uh, it was seen by a lot of Puritans, Christian Puritans around the area. It was like a practice of man trying to act as God because you're trying to create, purify metals and find like maybe almost like make gold or, you know, make elixirs of life, and that kind of thing. So, because of this, when he was messing about in his laboratory and something exploded, his body bends, you know, his head went that way. His leg went that way. way people were like oh yeah no uh, he was uh, the devil came up and collected his soul and they fucked him up because he was messing he was trying to be God he was sinning and you can almost like kind of see alchemists Adam and me eating f- the fruit of knowledge that kind of you're not supposed to
2: know these things because God did it what's to say it's such a such a simpler time can you imagine just nowadays if, 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 if like somebody just rocks up the police rock up to your house you've done <laughs> yeah. something you're just like a demon did it <laughs> a demon <laughs> did. a demon came out the toilet <laughs> It definitely
0: happened. A deeper did it.
2: I don't know why I went for that accent. Yeah, that was <laughs>
0: true. but so this story went on to be famously revived in um, Christopher Marlowe's *Doctor Faustus*, which my literary professors—oh my god, do they love this goddamn play? It's a cool play, but I swear to God, in a three-year course, I think I had to study it three times for different classes. Oh well, the first time was enough. But so basically what Dr. happens, Fels, and I Dr. want to remind Fels. you that this is um, a, uh, he was around the time of Shakespeare. He actually did, there is it's kind of thought that he actually did works with Shakespeare. He Shakespeare acted acted in Marlowe's plays uh-huh. and uh, that, that Shakespeare actually wrote something. I can't remember exactly what the quote is, but he was saying basically, I wouldn't be who I am if I had not met Marlowe. Like, I don't know if I could do what he does.
2: Is um, it possible that considering the theories that Shakespeare is actually a,
0: Oh, yeah. Her yeah. name
2: over the top of multiple people. Is it possible that some of his works are Shakespeare works?
0: Yes, that's also also been said. I think most people think it's definitely one person, or at least if very much two people, but definitely that's that's in there. If people go like, oh, it was actually Marlowe, because Marlowe actually died mysteriously in a bar fight.
2: Oh, and did the works um, of Shakespeare continue?
0: It did. So, put your tin hats did he, on, Did kids. he pull
2: an Elvis on us?
0: Oh, my God, maybe. 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 Well, that's not really pulling Elvis. He just became more famous. Hmm? I, I died and then continued as a playwright in the same city in London. Anyway, so I've heard the Dr. Files story. Basically, he's an alchemist, scientist. He's bored. He's like, oh, I've mastered everything already. You know, I've done uh, metaphysics and I've done all the alchemist <laughs> stuff. And he goes, he pulls out a Bible. And he's like, okay. And he reads aloud to the audience, you know, why? Committing a sin against God, like, damns your soul. And he's like, oh. Just boring. He's like basically just like whatever, and then he goes. He's like, I think the, the 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 line is he'll try his hand at like like necromancy. Is, it's much more heavenly, which is ironic. Mm. Um, I think like, something like, like try thy brains to make me a deity. So like it's again like, you know, that alchemist kind of trying to be the god, uh, plain god. So he decides he, he d- summons a demon called Metasopheles, Met- another mouthful, and he he gives him. 24 years of service this, of this demon and he'll give him ultimate powers and return Falsus will go to hell for all eternity. For some reason, this seems like a good deal to him. And, you know, like, you know, he's a, he's a smart man. He's a scientist. He has ultimate power. He's going to use it for good, isn't he? He's going to even just, like, learn the secrets of the world, right? No. He acts like a frat boy, basically. His thing is he makes himself invisible and plays pranks on the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> swear to God. Again, like Shakespeare's Shakespeare's like only contemporary rival. Yep. he like eats. Like he like basically levitates the food off the table. Serious play, guys. Hey guys. I stole the Pope's hat. He did. That's basically what he does. He like goes. Out, he's like, ooh, I'm a ghost. It's a floating car. I swear to God, it's ridiculous. Shakespeare is full of dick and poop jokes, though. So I was gonna
2: say, I, lo- I love this guy already. Proceed. <laughs>
0: Thank you. The next thing is he um he put there's an he's doing a, a trick for a king and a knight. A, one of the knights says like, you're not all that. it's magic isn't that cool. So he puts he uses his powers to like put horns on this knight. That's his like yeah. I'll get you back he puts horns on him again ultimate power can do whatever he wants uh, the next thing he trolls a horse dealer he sells him a horse for 40 coins and he says like but don't like don't ride it over water don't feed it after midnight because and then when the horse dealer does ride it over water it turns into hay oh. the horse yeah. and then he the horse dealer goes back and says like give me back my money and Faust is pretending to sleep and he like the horse dealer like pulls on his leg and the leg comes off I swear to God. <laughs> Shakespeare's rival. Uh, the next one is he produces a bunch of grapes in the winter to make wine, mm. which is cool. Wow. Um, and then, then the last one, which, of course, has to be put in, he conjures up Helen of Troy, the most beautiful woman in the world, to make him his lover, to make her his lover. So, yeah, But acts like a frat boy. Yep. Fucks with the old man, Pope. Puts horns on his ha- on like his enemies, his haters, and uh, boozes up whenever he wants, gonna, and I'm has sex with some with the ten.
2: I'm gonna say from from the delivery and like the the, the greatness of each of them, you should have finished with the Pope.
0: Well, I went. Oh, I probably should, should finish. With Pope. Yeah. <laughs> that's the first one. Talk, bring it up with Marlowe. That's the first one he does. Anyway, he put, play finishes with the Faustus, that trying to repent and get out of the deal with the devil, but he just ends up going up to hell anyway. It's very anticlimactic. Mm. And so like, that's, that's the basis of this kind of Faustian pact. And you see it in, like, modern folklore as well. Do you know, like, um, Robert Johnson, the blues guitarist?
2: The Crossroads?
0: Yeah. So um, he went to the Crossroads and met the devil. Apparently the devil took his guitar and tuned it, played a couple of songs, gave it back to him, and then Johnson had the mastery of the instrument. And then he... Kind of what brings this legend on a bit more is that a couple of years later, when he was 27, he's murdered mysteriously. Yeah so again that's a fallacy. modern folklore it comes back again and even if you get, we kind of look at like the um, this the the look of him because again a tenacious day it's, we're using this devil, d- devil as um, kind of he's the comedic you kind of can make fun of him he's not as scary as something like the ultimate power of Satan in Constantine or even you know the dismissive angsty teenager who has a bit of power and if he actually puts his mind to it he can do some damage to you mm-hmm. but tenacious D was able to rock the socks off him that's the only way I can describe it he rocked
2: the socks off him they, did. they rocked the socks off him
0: William is kind of like he's the beast he's you know 666 number the beast Um, that's where you see it. so book of revelations which is the medalist book in the bible for sure that's like all Armageddon and stuff
2: I, I, I'm well familiar with the book.
0: Actually. Are you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're a good Catholic boy. You know these things.
2: I, 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 I fear it. Actually, a no, I Never
0: studied. Never studied that book. Oh, they don't really bring into it. To Which, Too it cool. Starts. It's, best, it's, it's probably, the best probably part, probably part of the most it. Most interesting
2: one. Like absolutely. There's there's, there's the beast. The or well, the beast is the beast. Satan or the Leviathan, or is it? Or is well, it the Leviathan, there's two Satan? beasts in it. Oh.
0: So there is. I think there was like uh, I s- I think I got my notes here. Like I saw so it's coming fr- so the revelations is like letters, and it's like I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be the person like s- has a pros- prophecy. Saw the prophecy of the end of the world. Like I saw one beast, um, and then I saw another. And the other beast come came out of heaven. It came out of the earth. So from underneath, and he had two horns like a ham, and he spoke like oh yeah. So the other beast is Wait, a dragon. Two so horns like a what? Uh, like a lamb.
2: Oh, I thought you said like a ham. And it's like, <laughs> what kind of ham? You are know, we? horny ham. My horn ham. This is my
0: horny ham. No, so he's got probably more like a ram. I'm guessing that's just lost in translation. But then the other one's a dragon, which is so much cooler. But actually, um, they think that the the number six six six. Okay, I find this stuff really cool. Is actually Nero, like Emperor Nero, like the uh, Roman Emperor Nero.
2: Yeah. So when you went to the old school like um you went to dial him on the old school rock phone you just go 666 get straight line to Nero. Straight line to Nero absolutely. Cool.
0: Well so Emperor Nero who was really mean um and he <laughs> yeah well who lived around the 12th uh, the 1st century um CE in mm. um and around 1st century CE so is where we get the book of revelations or well, the first um we have the earliest known um, uh, example of it in um, Papyrus something or other.
2: You see, the reason. Papyrus why? 98. The reason why so. I laugh at that, he did atrocities, did he not?
0: Well, people say, like, you know, um, I kind of joke that, like, uh, Rome burned while Nero was playing with his fiddle. Um, basically, he he liked to play the fiddle or the liar, or whatever it was. And this, it's kind of like, again, that smear campaign. Yeah. People said, like, you know, children were burning and he was kind of crazy and playing his fiddle. He also did get his his mother killed. So there was that. <laughs> um, right, but ba- basically, apparently, if um, in the Hebrew alphabet, if you write it out, Nero is spelled N-R-O-N-Q-S-R. And if you interpret that numerically... Currently, it represents the numbers 50, 200, 6, 50, 100, 60, 200. And that all added up is 666. 6, 6. And that's where the idea of the number of the bees came from.
2: Numerically.
0: Mhm. But you can kind of connect it again with this idea of horns. So Nero actually really liked um, the Greek. He's kind of a uh geographically geographically um, you, see, you see this god everywhere, Pan, so you probably would know him. He almost I think people usually see him as like he's a goat man. he's like a demigod he's uh, a he's center a fawn yeah, he's a faun, so he was a god of like wild wilderness and sex and rustic music, like primitive leaving, living living um, a lot of the time he's with all the um, the fauns or the like, like, uh, in the um, uh, nymphs
2: the nymphs and playing. He's uh he's a what are they called the wooden pan,
0: yeah the pa- panpipes panpipes there you go pan ah there you go so plutarch which is a it was a, one of the ancient kind of historians um he famously said that uh pan was the only god to ever die so it insinuates him as like being He's pretty shit at his job. <laughs> so uh, he was a lot. A lot of the thing um, he's involved in like mystery cults, um, which are basically exactly what they sound like. No one knows what goes on unless you're in the, the cult. <laughs> I, know, I just no, wanted to preface that know, in case you just know, didn't follow. You were you're glazing
2: over. I Know that you mean. No, I was listening. I, was listening. <laughs> I, know, I know that you mean people from the outside have no idea. But that's just the me- I have this image of just the guy at the top of the room going, "Okay, welcome to the mystery call." I don't know what's happening. He don't know what's happening. No one know what happened.
0: No one knows what happened. It was cool. Like they used to, apparently they used to go into swear to God, they would go into the wilderness. They would just get high. I swear to God, like take
2: like. Also, no one know what's happening.
0: No one knows what's happening. Get real drunk and just like have orgies. So. Uh, Christian church did not like that. <laughs> no, no, no. But the early Christian church in Europe, they were actually... This mystery cults kind of were, like, influential because that's how Christianity were able to kind of meet. And, you know, um, in Ireland, they call them the hedge schools because they'd meet behind a hedge and they would teach about uh, Catholicism. Mm. So, again, the Christian church didn't like them. So there was kind of, like, became... In Europe, in 400 BC, uh, 400 Common Era, this kind of like anti-Panism, and that's where you kind not of not the deep pan. They either. weren't like they didn't like the pan, no pan pizzas. No, no deep pan. So basically, they started. So you started seeing the devil being associated more and more with him looking like a goat, horn ears, which you see in Tenacious D. Um, as
2: I said earlier, you have you have the um, goat coin. In Lucifer. Yeah.
0: It doesn't actually there's a bit where he says like who's the who's his angel brother?
2: I was watching it today and I forgot <sighs> there's a reason why I said his older brother.
0: Yeah, his older brother says like, you know, it was me who made that up. Anyway, me, it's, he it's that a, it's
2: a, he's actually a fictional character, it's not part of an actual Yeah. It's specifically for that show or comic book oh, that is it? character oh, is made, that's made interesting.
0: up. That's that idea of it again that's they kind of make it into a joke as well. They're like, you know, I made that joke up. He didn't really want to be part of... He didn't want to be associated with a goat. I think that's um, Baphomet. Is that figure of, like, the goat with, like, a man's body. Um, which is a bit more, kind of, cooler. But I think it's still a bit co- tongue-in-cheek mm. with, like, the church of, like, Satan and everything. It's a bit tongue-in-cheek when they're having, like, these kind of idols that they're worshipping. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was all I had for tenacious D. Ah,
2: lovely. All right, so I haven't prepared you for this question. You tried to throw me under the bus with that pop culture question earlier. So now I'm going to ask a question. So obviously ourselves growing up in the Roman Catholic faith, what would you say out of... So what of these three media portrayals are closest to what we actually have learned
0: God um I suppose it was probably the f- first one less prominent for sure um, in the twi- you know I, we were born in the 90s so our churches weren't really in saying that Tom and I we grew up in Catholic Roman Catholic families and Catholic schools so. That's where we learnt this stuff, but I don't think either of us are really practising at all, or would uh, labour ourselves as that part of those faiths. I don't ah. podcast
2: on Sundays, I actually go to church. Oh, do you? Every Sunday.
0: Oh, that's where you've been? Mm-hmm. Oh.
2: That's not me on the podcast, that's actually somebody else who just sounds that's exactly Tim. like me.
0: That's spicy Tim. That's oh. true. No,
2: no, no, I'm spicy Tim. That's Tom.
0: I'm thoroughly confused. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> Can I still be Siobhan? <laughs> yeah, I think that you know the only time we really learnt about the devil and that stuff would be like him like tempting Jesus in the desert. And again, that's the idea of like temptation. It's it became more the idea of like I always saw it as more like he's the bad side of yourself. He's the temptation. He's the, the he's your slipping of uh control
2: yeah i I think very much so it's not that we were necessarily taught the portrayal that we see in constantine i think it's more our minds formed that image because i think that we're obviously as as younger uh, when we're younger we're taught very definitively good and evil um if you take myself i'm a big star wars fan so i've always thought of darth vader as the big bad big bad evil that sort of contrast between your hero and your antagonist and you see that across the board. So I think that's sort of what you do is what you know and then you liken that to what we sort of learned from a religious standpoint. Mm. Because I think you're right, 100%. The the only thing that I specifically remember learning about in school is the temptation of Jesus in the desert, which is Lent, yeah? It's during Lent. I'm pretty sure that's it I was
0: definitely there for those classes. I can't say that I actually absorbed much of it.
2: Yes, okay, so it was I believe it's Lent so it's the, it's, I only started listening it's the 40 to it in the when
0: I could liken it to Tenacious D Okay That's when I got interested in this shit
2: <laughs> oh, It's very interesting from the historical f- purpose as well
0: I'm glad you think so, Commons I'm glad we did this
2: Ah, oh, me too, and with that we can actually probably look at wrapping this up So, unless there's anything else you want to add? Any questions you want to ask me?
0: Um. Oh. So many.
2: <laughs> Actually, wait, no. Say that again.
0: Is there any questions that I have for you? Yeah. Well, what I would really oh, no. love to say.
2: Satan's is- pretty cool. All right, that's the move along sound and that's us time oh, for us no. to move along to the end of this episode. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We've had fun doing this and putting this together. I hope you've enjoyed listening to it. If you are part of our listener community, of course, send us a cheeky post up in there to say whether you enjoy this and you want to start hearing more. I'm sure we're both happy to keep doing more.
1: Absolutely. And, of
2: course, this is is our first go on it. So if we need to refine or tweak anything, we'll do it as we go along. And And maybe
0: some suggestions.
2: Yeah, now, if you've got some suggestions or any characters that you want to learn about or anything that you actually find interesting that you think other people Ooh. would find interesting, if you want to do my research for me, <laughs> feel free to send it through. I'll have a great time.
0: Well, I think we could do, like, vampires or something next, or zombies, and I could look oh. into, like, even, like, the backstory of where you get zombies from. Oh. Ooh. Ooh, zombie backstory.
2: All right, so I, back. I like that And you, you, you don't need to give me an excuse to watch vampire movies Because I love vampire movies
0: Twilight
2: Except that one
0: Okay
2: uh, <laughs> So thank you for listening We know you do have a choice When listening to a pop culture podcast And you clearly picked the one with nerd in the title Look at me go I haven't done this in years And oh I'm God, still somewhat Holly. remembering it
0: Wow Uh
2: Thank you again, and with that, I will say adieu.
0: Hail Satan.
2: Saladis.